Hey, everybody, this is pop culture critic John Tatey welcoming you back to Pop Mom, the podcast where culture is relative. Yes, it's time again for my mom, Bonnie Tatey, to share her view of pop culture, small town life, and, of course, the riddles of human nature. On this episode, Mom reviews the Netflix reality series, The Circle. Speaking of the riddles of human nature, let's bring Mom in now. Hi, Mom. Hi, Johnny. How are you? I'm excellent. How are you? Well, I have some very big news to tell you. What's that? I won a year subscription to the Inner Town Record by finding the moose. The moose is on the loose. So I got my name published in the Inner Town Record and I got a free year subscription. Wow. Uh, the Inner Town yes. Record is our uh, very local uh, paper. It comes out, what, once a week, Mom? Once a week. Intertown. How many towns do you think the Intertown Record covers? A lot, I guess, because it's a lot of little towns, right? Right. I mean, I know there's seven towns in the school district that we live in, but it also includes Sunapee and yep. uh, Andover, so peripheral towns, too. So if you want to... Just pick up a newspaper that, as you hold it, you will feel the throbbing pulse of the mid-lakes region of New Hampshire. The Intertown Record is your publication. And, Mom, you won what sounds like some sort of children's uh, search contest to get, earn not, this subscription? No, it's not. For no, children? It's not a, no. <laughs> Don't diminish my victory here. Okay. It was, it's not a children's, it's, they put it, they put it so you'll look at the ads. So they place this moose someplace in the three or four pages of ads so that you will uh, look at them. Oh, I see. And so what were some of the advertisements that you perused as you hunted for this moose? Uh, well, Chadwick Funeral Home. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Um. And you can't remember any others, so the system works. I can't remember. <laughs> Floorcraft, the Floorcraft place. That's okay. what I won on, the Floorcraft okay. place. Oh, the moose was hiding in the Floorcraft ad? Yes. Okay. Poor Floorcraft that had a big fire this summer that burnt down there. Oh, uh, that's right. That's right. Their storeroom. Not not the, not the, their, what, do I, what am I trying to say? Their warehouse? You know, the garage, the warehouse, yeah. Yeah. Well, congratulations on your victory. Uh, Thank you. Thank you so much. I want to return to a victory that we covered uh, from earlier in your life, actually, on last week's uh, episode. Uh, um, now, if you were listening to last week's podcast, um, we got somehow we got onto the topic <laughs> of the concept of a class slot. And um, mom, it, it emerged, was named Class Flirt. In her uh, high school yearbook. And if you listened, mom really insisted on the distinction here. And class flirt was very innocent and coy. And I'm just going to play a little bit from last week's episode to catch you up in case you didn't hear it. Um, so the topic is mom as class flirt of her high school class. Okay, but you have to understand that back in my day, flirt just meant flirt. Okay. Oh, I, I, I understand at, that you were the class flirt. That's what I understand. And I think that's it's a living document. It's open to interpretation. No, no, no. No, not my not my title. It's not open to interpretation. 
Okay. I mean, I'm just saying, you're throwing a lot of words around about some other people. Unnamed, for sure, but some other people in these high school classes. And uh, it sounds like you were a bit of the class flirt. In fact, they even put it in the yearbook. That's how notorious you were. See? Not notorious. Funny. <laughs> Funny. Okay. I get it. Flirty. Dirty. Wow. Flirty. Flirty, Johnny. Flirty. <laughs> oh, Okay. Okay, so mom was so insistent. And, and then after the show, I said, you know what would be great? As I publicized this episode, if I could get that picture from the yearbook. So mom dug out her yearbook and sent me a picture of the superlatives page. But her memory had failed her a little bit. Mom, would you care to tell the listening audience now what your no. actual superlative was no. in your high school yearbook? No, I don't want to. Go ahead. No. Remember my flirty, innocent. I was the class flirt. Okay, tell people what it said. Look, we thought that it says <laughs> class hustler. Class hustler. <laughs> Look. And it's got a picture of mom sort of holding hands with this fella and, I don't know, giving him a little bit of the eyes. I can see they definitely picked a photo that represented Class Hustler. Um, there were one man and one woman were named Class Hustler. Mom, what earned you this Class Hustler title, which I have to say carries a very different color than this yes, fictional class flirt you invented? Yes. Well, you know, it was 19... 19- 69, it was the start of uh, more unconventional mm. acceptance of more unconventional speech. And <laughs> oh, I see. Let me. The let language me... was evolving. You're blaming the language? <laughs> and I think we thought that was just funny. Uh,. What did that mean in your mind, class hustler? Well, to me, it just meant class flirt. It just, that's what it mm. meant. Mm. But really, class flirt, really, you know, it's just because you would talk to anybody, anybody and everyone, you know, and whatever they thought about that, well, that was their tough luck. Huh. If you, really? Com- you have- Just a common conversation <laughs> doesn't involve any hustling. I want to know where the hustling was. I have, I don't know. Oh, you don't recall, huh? You had a pretty sharp I memory did. last week when you were um, weaving tales. <laughs> I did. <laughs> I did have a sharp memory last week. But I also would like you to know that I also won class clown, but they didn't want to give me two superlatives. Oh, so someone else won I, class clown is what you're saying. Someone else got that, yes. You would have you would have rather had class clown than class hustler? Yes. But they decided so you won two votes is what you're saying, but yes. they looked at the two votes and they said, "Bonnie Tatey, sure she's a clown, but really we will remember her as a hustler." And you just don't recall <laughs> what that could possibly mean. Okay, we'll leave it there, but I just want people to know well, well, um yeah. Wait, wait. I want I want you to know how uh-huh. staged that picture is cuz if you look at it you see that we are both holding hands with someone else. With someone else. Yeah. Cuz that was the joke. Yes, it's a very artful composition. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it really is. Were you surprised at how young I looked? You looked good. You were cute. Thank you. Thank you. Yep. <laughs> 
Um, I have some other follow-ups, if I could. Uh, we also spoke last week about um, boarding passes. You were intrigued by the fact that uh, the boarding pass, is, uh, when you're getting on an airplane, is so important. Uh, right. And then when you're on the airplane and in your seat, the boarding pass becomes worthless, just instantly becomes right. trash. And we had a conversation instantly. about... other things that are like that, that are so important until the moment that they're not. Brandy Brown wrote in via Twitter and said, what about moving boxes? That's a good one. Mm, Yeah. Right. A little different than what we were thinking, but I thought that was a good one. Um, Anastasia or Anastasia, I'm not sure which, but she writes in uh, and says, "My, my submissions for objects that only have meaning in a liminal space, like boarding passes, are SAT scores. Who cares once you're in college? Good one. Thinking outside the box. Yeah. Conference badges. Yeah. Um, performance yeah. programs. Uh, some people like to keep a program as a souvenir, but yeah. okay. Yeah. And ballots. Once the votes are counted. Oh, yeah. Them. That's all. Right. Oh, and- Those are uh, good ones. Those were good ones. I thought so. And and uh, Greg Ann, these are some loyal friends and true, by the way, who I'm rattling off here. Greg Ann also writes in via Twitter um, a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about Star Wars. Uh, you know, there's the whole thing about Chewie being on one ship or the other ship. And I was pounding the table and saying, you know, I saw one damn ship there. And Greg just, yeah. but I also said, I only saw it once, so I'm not 100% sure. And Greg Ann did write in and said, this is completely pointless, but in a wide shot, there were two ships that Chewie was being brought to. He says he doesn't blame me for hating the bait and switch, but for the record, I wanted to concede, okay, there's two ships. Thank you, Greg. Greg's one of our favorites. These people are all some of our favorites. Greg, no. Greg, no. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so thanks for writing in. That's all the follow-ups I got. What's on your mind right now, Mom? Uh, well, of course, the tragic helicop- helicopter crash of Kobe Bryant and mm-hmm. his daughter and some friends that were flying with them. Um, yeah. Very tragic. And of course, yesterday <clears throat> was consumed with people recalling their interactions or their good memories and whatever. Mm. Really, it was quite heartbreaking. There was a fella on there that uh, had a, that was associated with a baseball league on the Cape, Cape Cod. And, uh, he apparently was quite a, a great fellow himself. It was stunning to me to try and absorb that. I tried to absorb at the same time how important these other people were to their families that were yeah. on board. Um, but of course, I don't know them. I, this is my process. But I, I didn't know Kobe Bryant either. Yeah. And so I am... Somewhat confused by the teariness it makes me feel. For the people other than Kobe or for Kobe himself, you mean? Well, for Kobe, you know, because of course these other people were were equally giant in the lives of their people. Daddy says if he feels like it has something to do with being an icon. And so I guess I'm wondering your thoughts on that. Well, I think the fact of the matter is that you, Kobe Bryant, was a presence in your life, even if you didn't know him. And if he weren't on that helicopter and it still crashed and all those other people were still on it, it would still be tragic for the people who knew them, but we would never hear about it, right? Like that, that wouldn't be anything in our lives. Right. 
Right. Um, I it's funny because I go through some of the same thought process with with something like this when it's, you know, a bunch of people are killed, but we hear about the one mostly. And sometimes there will be a little article, you know, like you said, there was another there was a basketball coach on there or um, like a college basketball coach or whatever. You know, there were other people on there and they do little write ups of those in some of the papers um, just to sort of flesh out the picture. But again, they would never write those stories if those people hadn't been on the copter with um, Kobe, I just think it's natural. And what what else can you do, Mom? Mm-hmm. You can't care about everyone in the world, but when it's someone who's been a presence in your and the world you perceive, of course you're going to feel something um, about it. So I don't... I get it, because I've experienced that same, like, well, why do I... You know, why is this hurting my feelings and the other people aren't? But it's right, just, just right. the way we relate to the world, and I don't think you... I sense some consternation at this, but I think it's perfectly natural. You know, and then, of course, did you read about, I I don't know where the reporter was from, but she made reference to his uh, rape trial or. Yes. Was there a trial? And I, and I think. No, there was not. There was not a trial, but the the accusation. Yes. Why do you have to do that now? Why do why do you have to do that now? And yet, in reflecting back on my feelings about Michael Vick, yeah, um, and I feel like you know I will not watch the Pro Bowl, which is a joke anyway. But right. I will not, I will not watch that on principle. Yeah, because Michael Vick was one of the team captains. We spoke about this on an earlier uh, pop room. Right. If you didn't hear it. Um, You know, I had wondered why that allegation in, you know, especially in the Me Too era, why that allegation had disappeared even before he died. Um, Mm. So it's not that I begrudged him the opportunity to grow and to learn from his mistakes and to, um, you know, I think he did gain an understanding of how he had hurt that woman. Right. But he never had to undergo the reckoning that a lot of that a lot of figures have in the past year or two. And and the reaction to anybody even mentioning this allegation after he died was really virulent and I think inappropriate. Like yeah. this Washington, the Washington Post suspended a reporter who tweeted about it. That to me is obscene. An organization that um, is ostensibly dedicated to advancing the truth um, to be so allergic to a story that was a huge story um, right. in the life of this person who just died. Like we're not even allowed to talk about it. To me, that's crazy. The you you know the um, union uh, for the Washington Post reporters is pushing to have this um, reporter reinstated immediately, as she should be. But <clears throat> I just I have been a little disoriented trying to calibrate my understanding of the society's response to this death. Yeah. Yes. And I'm having trouble. You know, I spent a very weepy day. I spent a very uh, introspective day because of my feeling about two, two famous people that I don't know. I guess because I saw pictures of the dogs is why I feel so repulsed by Michael Vick, and yet had I seen pictures of a rape, I'm sure I would be equally incensed. 
Yeah. And then I just, you know how I just close all the doors on it? I just say, well, you're not a very good human being and shut the door. Well. Because I can't, I just don't understand all the, the contradictions of it all in my own mind. Well, I don't think you're a bad human being, and I don't think you should shut the door on yourself like that. I think that it is um, a common plague of the left, and I'll say the left just because that's, you know, that's the people I generally throw my lot in with. But I do have a problem on both, you know, across the political spectrum with um, this implicit need we build up for moral absolutism. I mean, the purity tests mm-hmm. among um, the progressive community uh, in this country are are legion, and um, it can get a little crazy. And the fact is that Kobe Bryant is a very complicated case, right? Um, and right. so yes. you're going to have a complicated reaction to it because you're dealing with a sum of encounters. And I think you put it very nicely, like— you had an encounter with Michael Vick, in quotes, right? Not the actual person, right. but with the um, persona of Michael Vick through these photos of the dogs that you are not going to be able to shake. And you did not, you were not there for um, the alleged assault um, that Bryant committed in this hotel. I mean, there's nothing alleged about the fact that he put his uh, hands around her neck and choked her and... Um, had forcible sex with her, he admitted to all that, right? Um, But you didn't see the pictures of it. You didn't really experience it in a visceral way. Are you to condemn yourself because you, you know, your internal reaction isn't as strong because of that? I just don't think it's fair. I think we have to, you're allowed to perceive the world in a complex, flawed way because we're human. And I think that one way you could go is say, well, because I'm not living up to this imagined moral absolute, I'm a bad person. Or you could admit that we're all complicated and that none of us is perfect and that none of us lives up to whatever moral ideals we may construct for ourselves. Then I think you can relax a little bit and just let yourself grieve with this moment as you need to. That's how I feel about it. Well, that's comforting. That's a very comforting uh, avenue to travel uh, and accept. And my heart certainly goes out to everyone that was affected by that directly. What a horrible, horrible, horrible thing. I also want to say in our society, the need, it's like a drug, be first. And the news and the TMZ broke this news before his family was notified. Yeah. is criminal. I yeah. think that was pretty bad. Let's all take a look at ourselves and let's be the best people we can be. All right. That's mom's homework for you. Um, shall we discuss the circle? We should. Okay. Okay. For a society that spends way too much time looking at screens, Netflix presents a reality show in which the participants do nothing but look at screens. Eight people are stuck in their apartments with no connection to the outside world except The Circle, a miniature social network that is a player's sole venue for interaction with their fellow players. This means that not everyone has to be who they say they are, and some players opt to catfish their castmates by pretending to be someone else online, as people do. 
We watch the prisoners communicate with each other in group and private chats, participate in icebreaker games, and scheme for victory. In each episode, the winners of a popularity contest are deemed influencers, and together they must decide which player will be blocked from the circle permanently. Here's a clip. Word. Hey, circle. Start a private chat with Shabam. Oh, wow. There's private chat now? Oh, shit. Message. Hey, Shabam. How you doing? What do you think about the group chat? Send. Hey, Rebecca. Doing great. I thought people were skating on thin ice and trying to people please. LOL. How about you? Question mark. Send. Message. I definitely agree with you about skating on thin ice. I felt that people were trying to rub shoulders and people, please. Thank you, yes. Wow, I really like Rebecca, actually. Message, who out of the girls did you feel was being fake? Send. The Circle is available on Netflix. Mom, does the Circle get the square? I don't know. When I, I'm going to tell you, I first started watching this and I thought, oh my God, is Johnny kidding me? I can't watch this. This is just absolute crap. But the more I watched it, the more, well, the sadder I got. And I really think they're a microcosm of society in a certain age group. Yeah. Well, I think that's the idea. Well, yeah. But, you know, we should be scared. We should be very scared. Because these Mm. are people that are just making assumptions that they have no right to make and they seem pretty confident in how they feel about certain people but really i think it comes from so much of it of their insides it's the, it's it's really just a, a reflection of what they're thinking inside they don't want this person to be against them and so in fact they are for them with no with no information it's just a a decision that is randomly made and followed through on. Right. So one of the first things we see after they uh, move into the little apartments where they're, they are trapped for the duration of this um, competition is that they see one photo and a short bio. So basically, if you were looking at the top of someone's Twitter page, um, what you would see um, and they have to they basically have to rank uh, their fellow circle members on the basis of just this information. So they're forced into making the kind of assumptions that you're talking about. With no real information. Yeah, but we make these kind of assumptions all the time, right? Just, again, you scan someone's Twitter bio and you have to form some impression of them. You don't even have to. You just inevitably do. Um, It's just that on the circle, you have to give voice to it. And you can, they can make up. They have people, uh, they have pictures of people that aren't them at all mm-hmm. or they they aren't even not only are they not even the same sex yep. perhaps so it's just ignorance at its finest i think <laughs> but that's but but what we don't realize really the joke is on us because this is this is the up and coming society that runs their life online with filters with lies with uh, photoshopped pictures. Um, it's all a fantasy. It's all a fantasy. And that's how they run their lives. They know how to talk all this, you know, hashtag 
dot happy face emoji talk and it's very natural to them. It's very odd to me. It's it's an odd but very interesting concept. Did you like this show or not? I can't tell. Maybe you can't tell either. Uh, How much did you watch? I watched a lot. <laughs> I think I watched eight eight episodes or something. Okay, and that's all that was available w- um, at first. Yeah. Oh, but see, as as people leave, new people come in, and you yeah. see the new people are are. Uh, scrutinized for any little details they're very distrustful even though they have no more or less information about the newcomers than they did the people that they voted out yeah yeah it's a it's a confusing concept but i do i can see how people would relate to it sure you can if you're standing very close to it you're probably just like one of them the more steps you take back from it the more you can see the bigger picture of the dysfunction of it. That's yeah. my feeling. I think that the show is, I don't really care for the show, um, I, okay. but I do find it, um, I did find it fascinating because I think that the um, production team did do an excellent job of translating these uh, online concepts into a reality format. I'm, I'm impressed by it because that is not an easy feat. I mean, and like I said right. in the intro, this is a show about people looking at their screens and um, and dictating text messages. I mean, it's incredibly, to me, it's incredibly dull to watch huge swaths of this um, show where people have conversations and it takes, you know, a few minutes for them to exchange two, two sentences with each other, right? Yeah, um, yeah. But this, the use of terms like influencers and blocked, and you see, um, you know, we have the person who's been blocked then gets to meet up with one person, right? And um, right. the first one, Alana, I forget what her name was. I think it was Alana or something like that. Um, the first one that gets booted off, when she was talking to the other player about, uh, spoiler alert, by the way, when she was talking to the other player about getting blocked, like, she to me was describing what it feels like to be blocked on actual social media. And yeah. um, to me, I was like, wow, this is a real insight that the production is providing. And it does provide in the way that it dramatizes the petty dramas of social media. And you yeah. see them acted out like halfway with real people, right? They mostly yeah. can't see each other, yeah. but you still you still see it acted out um, in sort of this exactly. halfway there way. Um, I do think you gain insight into the real churn of thrill um, and voyeurism and hurt feelings um, and feelings of of grandeur and inadequacy, maybe in the same stretch of a couple minutes. Like the whole swirl of emotions, I think is to me it's surprising how how realistically that's not. But yeah, it's surprising <laughs> to me how true to life that stuff is. I have to say. Yeah, I I really do see it that way, and I really do think depending on how far away from it you stand and look at it, your perspective will change. If that if that's your bag yeah. and you're standing right in it then you can relate to it on the same level that the players are. But for me, taking a few steps back, I found it, it looked like 
when the new kid comes to school and and tries yeah. to fit into your class and everybody kind of looks him over. Is he an athlete? Is he an actor? Is he, um, you know, is he going to be popular? Is he a jerk? And and these people all figure that out in their own minds. And that's who that person becomes, whoever these people have created in their own minds. The new yeah. people that come into the game when the older ones are, are voted off. Well, that's all. That's the only picture we have of anybody, though, right? Is the picture you form in your own mind. And I get what you're saying is that they're doing it with limited information, but you do that inevitably with anyone. I mean, it's it's well, to it, me, it's echoing the Kobe Bryant conversation we had earlier. Where what was Kobe Bryant's? What role did Kobe Bryant occupy in your picture of the world? As you found after he died, kind of a complicated and peculiar one. Um, you know, you yeah. had that set of information from afar that you used to build your picture of Kobe Bryant, and you do the same thing with with they're doing the same thing in this show. Right. And you know what this show this reminded me a lot of the game that we talked about that we used to play on the subway, that if you had to repopulate the world with one person on the subway with you, who would you pick? <laughs> This Remember is a fun you game, said you Mom played that game. Yeah. Well, <laughs> obviously, I'm not in the game, but I uh, participated in this when we used to ride the subway. Yeah. Do you remember we talked about this? You said you did Of course too. we did. Yeah. I'm not. Yeah, I'm with you. Oh, okay. So here we have absolutely no information about anybody on this subway, and yet we're going to pick one person that we have to pick from this car, and it's that random. That that this show shows making decisions to win. Is it twenty five thousand dollars? They're going to win a hundred thousand dollars. Oh, a hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. You know they're making random uh, decisions about you. I don't. I don't want people to. I don't. I don't want that. I don't want to play that game. But it sounds like you enjoyed watching other people play it. I did once I got past the stupidity of it. Yeah. What I thought was stupid. I got past that when I saw how silly this one or that one looked, making an assumption based on nothing. Everything was based on nothing. You know, I was intrigued by, uh, there's a contestant, Sammy. Sammy makes a point to uh, wear the shortest shorts uh, that uh, they have on the rack (laughs) at Forever 21 or wherever. And uh, curls her legs up on the couch in just the right way. I was interested to see these familiar social media pathologies um, playing out on a TV show. Because to me, Sammy was almost always posting for her Instagram. And she, you know, she knew the right wardrobe and she knew just how to position herself for the camera to. And frankly, she's a she's an attractive woman. Um, And she was working it. Even when she's there playing the circle game, to me, she's also still playing the the, she's playing the Instagram game at the same time Um, because she knows that this is going to be watched by millions of people. And she's positioning herself accordingly, as they all are to some degree. I mean, yes. So when I'm watching this, as is often the case, I'm think I'm sort of building the production in my head from what I see. And I'm thinking about things like this is an editor's dream because there's hardly any continuity issues here because nobody is in the same room as anybody else. 
So it's very easy to chop things up. And that is also a reason that I find this show objectionable in a way that I find a lot of reality shows objectionable. So you feel like it's a little overproduced, perhaps? Well, I think it's produced. I think it's produced really well. And I think that the decisions they made as far as the jargon and really digging into what are the thrills and chills that people get on social media and how can we render those on the screen, I think they did a great job of that. There's some real good, and when I say good, I also mean diabolical, but um, there's some deep thought that went into how how this game was put together. And I think that they've really tapped into some of the basic neuroses and emotional ups and downs of social media. I have to tip my hat for that, but I also see. I I really agree with you. I agree with you a lot on that, that this, this could have been a real mess, but it, it really is a tightly run ship. Yes, it is a tightly run. Well put. That's, um, but I also just see all the fakery and all the, um, all the editing tricks and, there's a lot of fakery um, going on. I mean, even the fact that in the intro, they show they show Chicago, right? Like you see the Chicago Tribune building in the intro and they they show American cities and they try to make it feel like it's in the U.S. And it's, it's not. Um, this is a British show and it was all this was all shot in the U.K. Um, oh. And the the exterior shots of the building you see are fake. That big neon circle on the building is added yes. in post. That doesn't actually exist, right? Um, and these are, it's not like any of these are grave sins, but to me, I'm watching and I'm seeing what I think are perceptive insights on social media, one of the key um, societal dynamics of our time, poured into a very well-run reality show, but still a reality show that engages in the usual tawdry tricks and um, sort of cheapness that I'm quite tired of. Is there any reality TV show that you do enjoy? Um, The short answer to your question is not really, I guess, not anymore. Yeah. I used to like Survivor, but I haven't watched that in years and years. Project Runway, that, you know. You know, Tim Gunn, used to make me uh, shiver a little bit in in a nervous way, I mean, uh, mm-hmm. when he walked into the room and this uh, Siriano, is that his name? Oh, Christian, Christian Siriano, yeah. Siriano, you know, he's, he's just, I don't know what he's doing there. And I'm not sure he knows what he's doing there. He's the mentor on the new one? Yes, he is. And he's a very, he's very poor. And I realize he's not a TV personality, but... He's he's not very good uh, at helping. It's it's just not as much fun. It's just not as much fun. You know, Tim made you a little nervous. Heidi made you feel like you really, really, really wanted to please her. Yeah. I I still love Nina. Uh, she's she's there, but eh, you're not missing anything. Yeah, it didn't. It, from the glimpses I've seen, it didn't seem like I was. But and this is this is someone who used to love Project Runway and used to be like yes. the Project Runway guy, right? So um, definitely that's how far I've I've come on it. But yeah, just, you know, mom, having been involved in TV production, having studied it so closely, I watch these shows and I just the fun for me is deconstructing them and thinking like, oh, well, how yeah. did they get this shot and how did they set up this? Yeah. You know, like I loved, um, you know, when the two influencers meet and they're on either side of a wall um, you know, we're looking through those windows, right? 
Well, you're saying quote me because they they don't they don't see each other. Well, they don't see each other and they're not even on either side of a wall. Like those aren't windows. Those are two big TV screens that they've mocked up right. to look like windows. Um, and um, and that's evident. Like, I think if you look closely, anybody can see that. It doesn't it's not any great insight from me. But I see that and I think, oh, what a what a clever solution to that to that problem of like yeah. you're not actually going to stage apartments on either side of a wall and have you know that's just for reasons I won't get into that's just a huge pain in the ass and this TV so to just use the TVs as windows and film them wherever you want I love that yeah. that's the kind of like yeah. production problem solving that as a total nerd I like to think about <laughs> adding a new profile photo what an ordeal that is for the contestants and I just bring it up because it was another like felt true to life. Like the, all the considerations that go into picking a profile photo in this game, I thought were of an amusing and um, true echo of the narcissism that comes into play when you're trying to pick that one picture that's going to represent you to the world. And I just did. I just up, updated my um, personal Instagram profile with a new photo, and I just couldn't find a photo. It didn't make me think, oh, what an asshole I'll look like if this is how I, <laughs> right? And so I just ended yeah. up picking a photo that made me look like an asshole, and I don't, I don't care. Well, my my uh, photo on Twitter is a picture of Moxie, so people must think, man, she's really should take care of those hairs on her chin. Moxie yeah. was our dog. Yeah, yeah, Moxie is a dog. Was the late uh, great Moxie? Yeah. Ma, what's your grade for the circle? I started out with an F, but I did upgrade it to a D plus. <laughs> I think that's D the plus. same as an F. Yeah, probably, but I only have so many sounds on my board here. Uh, okay. D plus. Okay, I you sound a little warmer even than a D plus. I will say this seems this is a very common arc, Mom, for people to go through with the circle. I've seen so many people say, this is trash, this is terrible, but yeah. I just kept watching and watching, and it and it grew on me. Well, after I had watched more episodes than you, I did stop. Uh, well, I only watched two, so that was pretty easy. I know. Well, I was in too deep by then, by the time I thought to ask you. I so. felt two hours of my life was a sufficient uh, amount to give to the circle. Well, and I and see, that's another way to look at it, because really, for most people, I would say, don't bother. Don't bother. <laughs> Be happy. Uh, take a nap. Read a book. Go for a walk. Do something else. Don't waste your time with this. But if you're sick in bed with the flu uh, or a bad cold, this is this would be a great thing to watch and then fall asleep to and wake up yeah. three hours later. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I do think it's a good conversation starter more than most reality shows. Like I think we had a good yes. conversation about the dynamics of social media. Um, I think that it does give you a lot to talk about to its credit. Yes. I, I agree with you. To me, that's the root of, Oh, this is trash, but I kept watching it. Like, because people yeah. recognize the standard reality um, patterns of it, but they also sense that there's some, there is some smarts behind this, um, behind this show, and there is there's some savvy minds on that production in terms of observing social media. So, uh, 
but there are not savvy minds participating in the game, I have to say, well, in my opinion, in my humble opinion. Yeah. Okay. Uh, right. Do you have a recommendation for us this week, Mom? Nope. <laughs> you said you did. Yeah, I do. I do. I was just... Uh... It's your segment, so I want to give you have the right of first refusal. Mom does not have a recommendation this week. Mom, you got to get to that library. Um, But in the meantime, I'll remind folks that Better Call Saul is coming back February 23rd. And you can catch up. uh, I think you can catch up with most of the seasons on Netflix. I'm not sure if season four is on there yet or not. Um, But in any case, if you do catch up and watch season four, you can watch my basement breakdowns on YouTube Fifth season oh, starts February twenty third, and the basement breakdowns will resume shortly thereafter. So, um, if you want to subscribe now, go on YouTube, search for Basement Breakdown, look for my smile and face. Will they still be from the basement? No, they're actually they're going to be from my studio now that I have a real um, space to do these things. But my studio does resemble a basement, so I think that the illusion <laughs> will not be lost. Okay, fair enough. So that's uh, Better Call Saul, February 23rd on AMC. That'll do it for this week's edition of Pop Mom. Mom and I will be back next week to talk about more pop culture. Um, What should we talk about? Shoot. Something interesting? Oh, maybe. Well, tune in and find out. It could be something interesting. Could be something intriguing. Have we ever done something intriguing? Fascinating. Yep. Yep. Edifying. Uh, thank you for listening. If you enjoy the show, tell your friends. And hey, we love to hear from you. Email us at popmom at ological.net. Talk to us about anything. Make suggestions for the show. This week's The Circle was a suggestion from Su Yen. Thanks, Su Yen. Boy, that thank was an excellent you. recommendation. We got a good conversation. A lot of it was a thought-provoking recommendation. Yes, it was. We love you. Mom and I will talk to you again next week. Bye for now, Mom. Bye, Johnny. I love you. Love you, too.